And uh, Casey's going to kick off a brand new sermon series that we're doing uh, from now through Memorial Day. She'll share some more about that. Casey, come on up. Welcome, and... Casey. Hey, guys. Hey, Thanks. Yeah, I'm really excited about this new series that we have coming. One thing that I have learned over the years of being a follower of Jesus, and really more so in the last few years, is that we are meant to experience the full trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but for me, I uh, started on this journey of being a follower of Jesus. Um, well, maybe my pre-journey of following Jesus. I, as a child, went to the Methodist church, and in the Methodist church, there wasn't a lot of great information about the Holy Spirit. In fact, the only time I really can remember hearing anything about him was in the doxology. Maybe some of you are familiar with the doxology, right? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Well, that's confusing. I didn't think there were ghosts, right? And so then, then there's this like, huh, all right, I don't really know what that's about. I'm going to set that aside. I'm kind of starting to understand about the Jesus guy and the Godfather guy. And, and then I went away to university, and that's where I, you know, really became a committed follower of Jesus and really began to understand much, much more about who, who God is, who Jesus is, who they say that I am. But my husband and I, who I met early in college, we went to churches from then on for the next 25 or so years that didn't see the Holy Spirit as what, what you would say is normative, all right? So they didn't see the Holy Spirit as being a part of our day-to-day -day lives, right? So the Holy Spirit, they, there's some theologies that talk about the Holy Spirit being um, only really for the time in the book of Acts, for the early church, and not really a part of our day-to-day -day lives. So again, it's been a long time, we'd read in the book of Acts about the amazing things that the Holy Spirit did and go, darn, missing out on that part. <laughs> and so um, it wasn't until I started to attend the Vineyard Church, which is actually I sort of counted back almost 20 years ago now that I began to realize, oh, the Holy Spirit's a thing. Like the Holy Spirit's a being and is meant to be a part of our day-to-day -day lives. And so my journey began and I began to actually experience the Holy Spirit in ways that I didn't even imagine were possible. But to be honest with you, it's, it's really been in the last maybe five or six years that I felt like I've developed a relationship with the Holy Spirit that is really intimate. And so I'm, I'm always looking at ways to incorporate all three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit into my day-to-day -day life. So that's, that's what we're gonna talk about. That's why I'm really excited. I failed to say to the people online, Hello, we're so glad you're here with us today. <laughs> so thank you for being online, thank you for being here. Honestly, I can't tell you how grateful I am for this community. How this community has come around me and supported me, especially in this past year. 
So I just, I just want to say thank you. When I stand up here and I see all of you, I want to like get off the stage and shake all of your hands and say, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. And that's, that's heartfelt for me. So anyway, that was just a little side note. All right. So I know for, for many of you, you haven't had the same experience that I've had, like growing up with this void of the Holy Spirit. In fact, you may have gone to churches where you felt like there was maybe even some abuse around the Holy Spirit, a church that maybe you felt was manipulative. Maybe you were even told that unless you speak in tongues, you're not a follower of Jesus. So I get that we all come here today with really different uh, experiences around this whole thing. And, and I feel like, man, the Holy Spirit can just be this misunderstood part of the Trinity. And you know, interestingly, recently George Barnum, he's the guy that does um, Christian trends and all of the you know, surveys and all of those kinds of things to see kind of get a pulse of what Christians are thinking. And here's what he found recently. 62% of Christians in the United States don't believe that the Holy Spirit is actually a person. What they, they believe is that he's just a mere symbol, a symbol of God's power and presence. Man, like, two, that's two-thirds of the Christians in the United States, and I just feel like, I know for me, until I had a more complete understanding and began to actually press in to my relationship with the Holy Spirit, I didn't feel like I was walking in the fullness of what God intended for me to walk in. So this new series we're starting, we're gonna have six weeks where we're going to be looking at who is the Holy Spirit. And we want this to be a time of gaining head knowledge for sure and understanding more what do the scriptures say about the Holy Spirit. But in addition to that, we want this to be really practical. We want this series to make a difference in each and every one of our lives. So to that end, we have purchased these Holy Spirit journals. Come Holy Spirit, they're called. I think we have a slide that's going to come up for those. Nope, not yet. There it is. Sorry, my bad. I messed you up back there. Um, we'll, we'll do this first. So we have these Come Holy Spirit journals, and we're, um, we have them for sale right at the Welcome Center. And here's the thing about these journals that we feel like will be helpful for you in these series. They're really, really practical. So they're a practical way for all of us to deepen our relationship and understand the Holy Spirit. There's always a scripture, and then there's some sort of practice that we can do. There's this place where we can write out what it is that, um, that God is doing. I'm like, all over the place here. Okay. Can we go back to the slide that I missed? There we go. This is what happens when Casey freestyles and doesn't pay that much attention to her notes. I should stand right here and <laughs> stay put, but I'm, I'm genuinely so delighted to just be here with you that it's hard to stand here and do this. I'm going to try. If for no other reason for our dear slide person back there who I'm messing up. Okay, here's what I wanted to say to you. 
So in contrast to the George Barnum, right, being a symbol, listen to what Diane Lehman says. Now, Diane Lehman is a vineyard pastor, and she wrote a book called Hello, Holy Spirit. So listen to what she says about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is not a ghost, an impersonal force, or an elusive power out there. He is neither a doctrine to be studied, nor a distant deity to be feared. He is a person to be known and loved. He is God himself. He is one of three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. He is God's gift of himself to each and every one of us. He makes the Christian life indescribably beautiful and a fun-filled delight. Oh, that sounds so much better, doesn't it? Isn't that inviting to you? It makes me want to move more and more towards the Holy Spirit. So in this series, we're going to look and we're going to learn that the Holy Spirit is meant to be the revealer. The Holy Spirit is meant to be our empowerer, our teacher, our helper. He's our comforter, and he's our partner. So let's pray now and ask him to come and be our teacher. So Holy Spirit, we know that you are in this room. We know that you are a part of this community, and we are so grateful for that truth. But we want more of you. So Holy Spirit, would you come and be our teachers this morning? Father, where even right now, you're, there are people here who might be thinking, I don't know, this makes me kind of nervous. Would you come to the places in our hearts that we, we kind of want to close off to this whole Holy Spirit thing? Would you come? Would you soften our hearts? Because what we really want, we really want intimacy with all of the Trinity, with all of you, Father God, all of you, Son, Jesus, and Savior, and all of you, Holy Spirit, our teacher and our comforter. We want it all. Yeah. So thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so today, we are going to talk about Holy Spirit, the revealer. So the Holy Spirit is always revealing and that's exactly what we want to look at. And, you know, as I've um, been doing this thing with Jesus for a lot of years, and even this thing with the Holy Spirit for a good number of years, I have seen this. I have seen the Holy Spirit come and bring me insight when I was confused. I've seen the Holy Spirit be the revealer. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter where you're at in your faith today. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal to each and every one of us. And he has so much to reveal to us. So the Holy Spirit, at the very start, the Holy Spirit reveals to us by the life he births in each and every one of us. So right at the very start of our relationship with Jesus, 
we experience something called new birth, right? Maybe you've heard it as being born again. And what we see is that it's the Holy Spirit who actually is the one who reveals to us who Jesus is and our very need for him. So we come, we come into this, re, this relationship, and I want to look at how the Holy Spirit is a key to this miraculous and mysterious event. So we're going to start with the book of John in chapter 3, and this is a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus, he's one of the Pharisees, but he's not like most of the other Pharisees. He is so curious about this Jesus, that he wants to know him, or at least he wants to understand what is this guy talking about. So he, he goes to Jesus, and he goes to Jesus under cover of darkness, in secret. So we're going to look at this passage, John 3, 3 through 8, this conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. So there's Bibles um, under the chairs in front of you. If you're at home, grab your Bible pull out your device, however it is that you read scripture these days. Let's start here. John 3, 3 3. And Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answers, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God, unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it's coming or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. There's a lot going on in this passage, but we really want to look at specifically the role of the Holy Spirit in this new birth that Jesus is talking about. And Jesus makes a bold statement. He says that you can't get into the kingdom without being born again. And the Holy Spirit is the agent of that new birth. So what does that mean? Well, it's the Holy Spirit that actually draws us towards Jesus in the very beginning. It's the Holy Spirit who reveals to us who Jesus is, but also our need, our desperate need for him. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts us of our sin. And it's the Holy Spirit that shows us that there's a gap, that we're here in our sin, and we see God holy, just, and pure, and we have a desire maybe to move towards him. But it's the Holy Spirit that, that lets us know that it was Jesus. It was because Jesus the Son came and walked on this earth and he lived a sinless life. And he was willing to die, not just die, but suffer and die for me and for you. This is what the Holy Spirit reveals to us. And then Jesus is, is the bridge, right? I know many of us have experienced this. He's the bridge. He's the way that we can get out of ourself and to Jesus. So this is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit, at the very beginning, reveals to us who Jesus is 
and our need for him. And it's really good news, right? Because here's what this means. If you've said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is living in you. So I don't know if you have any tapes in your head that say, well, yeah, that's for them or this person. I've never really experienced the Holy Spirit, so I don't really think he's in me. Well, it's not true. He is. If you said yes to Jesus, then you have access to Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit comforter, teacher, encourager, and revealer. But that doesn't mean that as soon as we said yes to Jesus, that we fully understood all of what that means. All of that, what that means with our relationship with the Holy Spirit, but also all of what that even means with our life and our walk with God and our life and our walk with Jesus, right? We don't just instantaneously know all the things and now that's it, we're good, right? No, it takes time. Just like all relationships take time. It takes time for us to build our relationship. It takes time for us to learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and distinguish that voice from other voices, all right? We also have this ability to ignore the Holy Spirit. That's what I did, not really realizing, basically ignored the Holy Spirit for over 20, 20, probably 30 years. And we can even grieve the Holy Spirit. But I wanna be clear, if you have said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is already living inside of you. And you don't have to feel any less than because he's here with you. He revealed Jesus to you. All right, so the good news about Jesus, or about the Holy Spirit, is that he reveals Jesus to us. But he doesn't stop there. That's not the end of his job. No, in fact, his job is to continue, continue to reveal to us And I love how Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit as a gift. He talks about the Holy Spirit as a gift in chapter 16 of the book of John. And now he's talking to his disciples. And he's saying, I'm going to go. And and they're like, what? No. We don't don't want you to go. What? We thought we were going to do this like whole conquer and whole thing together. And now you're saying you're going to leave? No, that's not the plan at all. And he says, no, wait, it's okay. I'm going to go away, but I'm going to give you a helper. I'm going to give you this amazing gift to you. And this is what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit to his disciples. So we're in John 16. We're going to look at verses 13 to 15. But when he, the Holy Spirit, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes... He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. And that is why I have said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This is really a beautiful picture of the interplay of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it's like they're like this, um, this cosmic three in one, like dancing together, all having sort of their own role in this thing, but also being one 
together. So the Holy Spirit is meant to be our guide, just like it says in this passage, to, to let us know, to reveal to us what it is we should do today, to reveal even sometimes to us what is yet to come, like it said in the passage. So I want to look at two different illustrations, one from Scripture, and then I want to share one from my own life of how the Holy Spirit has met me and been the revealer of things that I just pondered for a long time and was unable to make some sense of. So we're going to go now to the, to, uh, the book of Acts, and the book of Acts is the story of the early church. The Holy Spirit empowers us so that he may reveal himself to others. So this, this talks about our role as followers of Jesus to help other people come to faith in Jesus. This is part of what it is that we're about and doing as we walk on this earth. So we're gonna look at a guy named Philip. Now Philip, he's a faithful servant of God. And we meet him earlier in the book of Acts. The apostles, they're going around, they're preaching and they're doing all these miracles. And he's helping out the church. And this church, if you remember, is growing by leaps and bounds. And so one of the things that's happening as the church is growing so rapidly is that there's some concern that particularly widows and orphans might be getting kind of left behind. And so he's overseeing a food distribution program. He's making sure that the widows, the orphans, other people who may not have food get food. And so he's selected. It says to us in scripture, the reason Philip is selected for this job is he's wise, he has leadership, and he's full of the Holy Spirit. So Philip is totally committed to this work that he's doing. He does a great job with the food program. And eventually what happens is this group of believers are being persecuted. And so they're, they're having to leave Jerusalem and they're having to head down to Samaria. And once they, they get there and are moving towards Samaria, Philip begins to also preach and pray for people. The power of God shows up. You can read about the stories of the Holy Spirit coming. People are being healed they're being set free, demons are being cast out, all sorts of amazing, crazy things. And then in Acts chapter 8, verse 8, it says that there was great joy in the city because all, because all that God was doing. And Peter and John, they were laying hands on people. People were being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you want to get inspired about the Holy Spirit, read the book of Acts because that's where we see the Holy Spirit in his power. Well, then something kind of surprising happens. An angel, that's surprising in and of itself, comes to Philip and says to Philip, hey, you need to go 60 miles down the road here and go to the road that heads to Gaza. Now, 60 miles, you know, not such a big deal to us, right? Jump in the car, about an hour. I don't really know what that meant to Philip, but it seems to me that was probably a thing, that um, the fact that he just obeys and says, okay, yep, I'm going to do that. So he sets on down the road to Gaza, and he sees this man. And this man is a very distinguished-looking man. And he's sitting in a chariot, and he's reading a scroll. And he comes, he comes to find out that this man is an Ethiopian eunuch, and he is the chief financial officer 
for Queen Candace. She's kind of a big deal. Could possibly be a little intimidating, I might imagine. And this man from Ethiopia has come to Jerusalem because he's searching for something. He's confused about, his, about what he's been reading in the scriptures. He can't figure it out. So let's look and see what happens when Philip partners with the Holy Spirit, the revealer. So we're going to start in Acts chapter 8, verse 30, and we're going to read through 38. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led, to a he was led like a sheep to slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent. And so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with the very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. They are traveling along the road and they come to some water. And the eunuch says, look, there's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? So he gives the order for the chariot to stop, and both Philip and the eunuch go down to the water, and Philip baptizes him. So we see the Holy Spirit's woven all through this story as the, as the revealer. He tells Philip, hey, you need to go do this thing, and you need to see, you'll see this guy, and the guy's confused, and so what does Philip do? But he comes and he shares with him the good news of who Jesus is. And then what happens? Well, the Holy Spirit reveals the truth of who Jesus is to this Ethiopian man. And in that very moment, he decides to be baptized. He realizes his need for a Savior, like we talked about a little bit ago, and he sees that the next natural step is baptism. And baptism, you just had a great um, example of it when Brian was talking about it a little, a little bit ago. Baptism is the next step, and it's an example of us going down into the water like Jesus went down in the grave, and then we come back up into this new birth, this new life that we're going to walk out. So Brian mentioned it, and I just want to mention it again because it seems like the obvious place to mention that we have baptisms coming up. So if you have not yet been baptized, we would so love to do this. And if you haven't been with our community as we celebrate people celebrating their new life, man, make sure you're here because it is the most fun thing. There, it is always my absolute favorite services to be at are the baptism services. All right, so in addition to Jesus being the one who reveals, or the Holy Spirit being the one who reveals Jesus to us, and the Holy Spirit who guides us to help others see 
who Jesus is, the Holy Spirit can also bring us clarity where there's confusion in our life. I wonder if any of you are feeling confused about anything. I wonder if there's anything in your life right now that you might be pondering or wondering about how to proceed with. Well, I tell you, for me, it's great news that the Holy Spirit is a revealer. Because, man, I need him. <laughs> and I have um, needed him like crazy over the last year. So many of you are aware that my husband passed away um, just about a year ago, March 10th. We've just um, gone past the one-year mark of his death, and that was fairly sudden. And man, that left me in a state of confusion for a long time. And even before that, my uh, baby sister, two years before that, died of cancer. And so that, again, <laughs> left me with some confusion and wondering, God, what's going on here? I bet you remember there was this little thing called COVID that happened. You might have noticed it had an impact. Had an impact on us here at the church. Had an impact on, I'm sure, whatever your businesses are, your family, all sorts of things, right? And with that, a certain amount of uncertainty, a certain amount of questioning, a certain amount of confusion came with that as well, right? And here we are today. Find yourself as a community of followers of Jesus at a place where there's some questions. Questions we don't have answers to yet. Questions maybe about how is this going to look? How's the church going to look as we move forward? Right? I imagine again that, like me, you're just so incredibly grateful that we have the Holy Spirit, right? We have the Holy Spirit who is meant to be our revealer, who is meant to walk alongside of us day in and day out and help us along this journey. So I want to tell you about um, how I've experienced this recently. So I've been seeing a spiritual director for about five years, which was when my life sort of started to go south <laughs> and have been in what a friend of mine has called your season of lament, Casey. And so I thought, I think I need to talk to somebody. So, you know, counselors are brilliant as well, but for me, a spiritual director is who I've gone to. And so I found that to be incredibly helpful. In fact, I found it to be so very helpful that a few years ago, um, my husband and I decided that it would, might be a good idea for me to go through the training to become a spiritual director, and I'm actually just about ready to finish up year two of that and become a spiritual director. And I mention all of that to you because of what I'm going to say next. So there's this classic spiritual direction question that spiritual directors love to ask, and I have hated this question. And so for some people, you're, I'm going to tell you the question here in a minute. For some people, like, they hear the question and they're like, I got an answer. For me, that's just not what, that just, just hasn't been my experience. And not until recently, and this is like a question I've been asked for quite some time now, 
how I found the answer to the question. So here's the question, are you ready? So the question goes something like this. You imagine Jesus is standing here before you. We'll just pretend for a second, like I'm Jesus, pretending. And he looks at you in the eye and he says, what do you want me to do for you? So imagine that, right? Here's Jesus standing right before you. My case saying, Casey, what would you like me to do for you? Okay, again, you're like, why is that hard, Casey? Like, I got it right here. <laughs> Maybe I have five or six, right? Well, for me, like, I can tell you what I want Jesus to do for my children. I can tell you what I want Jesus to do for my grandchildren. I can tell you what I want him to do for my friends. I can tell you what I want him to do for us, a collective body of believers for this church here. But for me, honestly, I just would say, you know, if you just would take care of my kids, you know, if, if the, the children that I have who aren't walking their best lives could start walking their best lives, is this enough? And, and, you know, I really honestly believed that and do believe that, but it wasn't enough. <laughs> again and again, I would get that question. And I wouldn't get the question just from spiritual directors. I would get it from Jesus himself, right? I would hear that question. And I knew that there was more. I knew that the Holy Spirit had more to reveal to me about how I was not answering that question for me. So a few months ago, it was February, early February, I, um, I was actually uh, in Des Moines, Iowa, where you could walk around in February because there wasn't snow on the ground at that time. And um, I was taking a walk, and we had been given an assignment, and the assignment was to look at our spiritual rhythms. So these are our spiritual practices that we do. Many of you have them. You know, whatever it is sometimes you do in the morning, maybe, reading your Bible or doing some sort of a devotional. So looking at us, that was what we went to do. So I went for a walk to kind of reevaluate. Here's my spiritual practices that have served me well. Are they still serving me well? Is this still what you have for me? And, and I'm, um, so I'm, that's, I'm kind of thinking about that and kind of praying and kind of walking, kind of just so happy to be outside walking on ice free pavement, and um, so, I, so I'm doing all of this, and I feel like I hear that question. Casey, what would you like for me to do for you? And this time, I knew the answer, and I said, Jesus, I want you to take care of my soul and to take care of my body. That's what I need from you. I need you to show me how and to be the one to take care of my body and my soul. And I knew immediately that that was it, right? I, I, tears came to my eyes. I felt it in the depth of my soul. This is it. This is what took me a really long time to figure out. I hope you all figure it out faster than I do. And so then I was like, oh, 
boy, that feels really good. Like, that really resonates with me. I know that's it. And then the second thing I think, because I am an incredibly practical person and someone who is a doer and gets things done, I thought, well, I don't know how to do that. I have no idea how to do that. How should I do that? And so I felt like, like the Holy Spirit was like, just calm down a little bit here. We're going we're gonna to walk through this. So I felt like this is, this is what he said. You know, you've been thinking about, you've been asking me about your spiritual rhythms and how, what, are they serving you or are they not serving you? And Casey, this is what you do. You do a really great job. I'm, so I, in the morning, I spend an hour, an hour and a half with Jesus. I do um, a few different devotionals. I, you know, read scripture. I pray. And um, I, I look at my day, I pray for whatever's coming up in the day, and, and, and then I go about my day. And uh, then in the evening, I do something that's called an examine. And so that's looking back over my day and saying, where, where were you, God, that I didn't notice you, right? So I'm looking for, like, the fingerprints of God in my, my day. And then I'm also looking at where were times when I didn't show up maybe the way that I would have liked to have shown up. That often leads to confession, needing to ask for forgiveness, and then ending that time with a, um, a time of really being thankful and grateful to God. So that's what I've done. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, you know, that's served you really well, but this taking care, really taking care of your body and soul, it needs to happen in your actual day. <laughs> it's like you're doing it here, you're doing it here, and then I, being me, I take off and I do the things. And I just do the next thing and I do the next thing. I tend to book appointments really tight and that's what I do. I'm kind of often doing that. So again, I'm like, okay, I get it, I, I hear you. That's a really great idea. But again, like I've tried to kind of do this, I've tried to stop during my day and do different things and I've just never been successful at it. So I thought, okay, here I, you know, here I am again saying, okay, that sounds all good, I'm, I'm on board, but I don't know how to do that. I don't have a clue because I've tried and it hasn't worked. And again, I feel like, so I hear this, I hear what I think is journaling. Now I think this is the Holy Spirit because I am the world's worst journaler. I hate to journal. And I was married to a man for 45 years who was the most incredible journal, journaler ever. We have boxes and boxes of his journals, 45 some years of journaling. The man journaled every single day and he often journaled twice a day. Like that's the standard in my household, right? So I'm like, yeah, no, I've tried that, I'm bad at it. I've even tried it at times where it really made good sense to do it, and I still couldn't do it. Three days, most I've ever done. So I'm like, okay, it's gotta be the Holy Spirit because I would never, ever suggest this to myself. So I go home and I, I remembered I'd bought this really cool leather-bound journal for Mark and he had, hadn't gotten around to using it yet. I think it's in his office, I go down, I find it, I come upstairs, I set it down next to you know, my chair where I do my devotions and stuff. And it sat there, I'm ashamed to say, for about three weeks. And I just would look at it and go, yep, that's going to help me take care of my body and my soul. Yep, yep. I was so intimidated to just open it and start writing in it. 
But finally, gratefully, I'm not as fast at obeying as Philip was. Um, so it sometimes takes me a little while to get there. But I got there, and I started journaling, and you know what? Yeah, you could guess it, right? It's been amazing. It's been this amazing place where God has met me. So what I do is I look at Scripture, and I wanted to give you a really concrete example, so I went back and I looked. And um, on March 15th, I read Scripture first. This is the Scripture passage that I read. Psalm 118.5. When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. I've heard this verse before, but I had never really impacted me the way it impacted me here because I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, Casey, there are spacious places in your day that God has set aside for you and he will show you how to take care of your body and your soul when you're looking for those spacious places. So it's become a little bit of a scavenger hunt now. So I look at whatever the passage is for the day, and I ask God, Holy Spirit, show me where the spacious places are today. Where are the spacious places? And you know, he shows me. So I might have an appointment cancel or an appointment not show up, and what Casey normally would do would be immediately get on her computer, go to her inbox, and try to get some work done, right? Because I have an hour. I just got an hour. And now, gratefully, because of the revealing of the Holy Spirit in my life, I'm, huh, this could be a spacious place. There could be something here that's good for my body or my soul. Okay, I'm going to go take a walk and just hang out with Jesus while I walk. Or maybe I'm going to go over to Super One and buy a salad, right? Something healthy. Instead of God knows what I might find in the pantry and end up eating when I get hungry, right? So I tell you all of this because it has made such a difference in my life to actually believe that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity and is actually viable and a part of our lives here day to day. And I know that he wants that for all of us. So I'm going to invite you to stand up. We're going to move into ministry time, but I want to start out by us just standing in a posture of receiving, holding out our hands. This is something that, if you've been around here, you might be familiar with. But to stand in a posture of receiving, to hold out our hands in a desire to hear from the Holy Spirit. You just join me in doing this. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we want more of you. We want to experience you as revealer. You could even now be posing a question 
asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to you something that, that maybe you've been pondering. You're not quite sure what direction to go with. Just ask him. And Holy Spirit, revealer of all things, we ask for more of you right now. Would you come and would you reveal? Would you reveal just what you have for each and every person who can hear my voice right now? Yeah. There is not one person who can hear my voice right now who is exempt from this. The Holy Spirit has something for each and every one of us. So this morning, as I was continuing to to wait and pray, and I was asking the Holy Spirit, what do you have for us this morning? And one of the things I felt like he said is, Casey, I have so much for this community. And so I, I want you to hear for yourself individually, but I also want you to know that you're a part of a community where we really believe that the Holy Spirit has some sweet, sweet things for us. So again, Holy Spirit, would you come in your power? Would you come in your, with your presence? Would you come as the revealer? And the revealing works in lots of ways. It works... It works to, to tell us things that, that haven't been known to us. It works in revealing to us maybe a direction that we're headed in our life that's not God's heart for us. So that could be you this morning. That could be you. You could be feeling a nudge right now to, to take a different path, to get out of a relationship that hasn't been good for you that isn't helping you move towards God. And again, I know for some of you, you've been hurt in the past by churches or church leaders with, again, emotionalism, manipulation around the whole Holy Spirit thing. And, and I, just, I just know that the Holy Spirit wants to heal you of that, even right now. So, Holy Spirit, where that's the case, would you come and would you bring healing? And for all of us, would you give us the right mind of how to think about you, who you are? A couple of other things I felt like God was, was showing me this morning as we will move into our more traditional ministry time, and if you're on the ministry team and you're not really engaged right now with the Holy Spirit and you're in a place to come up, you can come forward. So one of them was a situation with a child that you just don't know what to do. That there's just questions about exactly how we're going to handle what's going on with this child right now. 
And I think that may, there might be a couple of those, and I think one is around the area of education and one around the area of a medical issue. And then the third one, I think, is actually adult child. And you're just not quite sure how to navigate that right now. I think there's somebody here with an issue in their left knee that the Holy Spirit wants to, to uh, heal. So if that's you, if your left knee hurts, come get prayer. And then finally, the last, last one I felt like God said to me this morning was that um, I think there's someone here who there's a conflict that you've been avoiding. And you felt the nudging that you need to do something about this Conflict, you haven't known what to do, and you're scared. You don't, you don't want to do it. So if that's you, I would just, again, ask. Stay engaged if you're healing, hearing the Holy Spirit for yourself. If you're just like, man, I think I want what she's talking about, but I just don't know how to get there. Again, come and, and get prayer. We want to be a community that experiences absolutely everything that the Trinity has for us. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge the incredible gift of each of you to every single person here. And we want more. We want more as individuals, and we want more as a community. So thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.